Hello, friends, and welcome to the Midpacker Pod, brought to you by Free Trail. I am your host, Troy Meadows, and I am stoked to bring you informative and relatable content from people just like you, everyday runners pushing their boundaries and doing extraordinary things on the trails. Today, I am very excited to bring you a conversation with Corinne Chalvoy. This lady has wheels. And while I know this pod is about the middle of the pack, Corinne's beginnings in running started toward the back of it. And through her consistency and her love of exploration, she has elevated her fitness closer and closer to the tip of the spear. We also dive into her and her partner's approach to balancing their individual training and running needs while raising two boys. And we talk about her family history with Hard Rock, a race that I am madly in love with and hope to run one day. We also discuss her uncle, Rick Trulio, one of the OGs of ultra running and how he laid the foundation for Corinne's journey into ultras. Lastly, we talk about the Free Trail Femmes, the female running group within the Free Trail community, and how important it is to provide a safe space to explore women-specific topics in trail running. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Corinne Chalvoy. Before we get to the show, I want to shout out our sponsors. A big thanks to our title sponsor, Vacation Races. Vacation Races hosts epic half marathon and ultra marathons that take place in national parks all over the country. Can you imagine running through stunning landscapes while pushing your limits in places like Zion, Yosemite, or Bryce Canyon? They also organize week-long running adventures around the world. We're talking about running in jaw-dropping locations and experiencing the thrill of exploration. From Alaska to, to Costa Rica, Croatia to Japan, they've got 11 different destinations lined up. For the super adventurous, there is even a super secret destination where you won't even know where you're going until you get to the airport. How crazy is that? They've got something for everyone. You don't have to worry about your pace. All you have to do is maintain a 20-minute mile. So as long as you keep moving with purpose, you're good to go. It's all about enjoying the journey and soaking in the incredible scenery. These trips feature daily 7 to 12K trail runs in the morning and then a ton of awesome activities in the afternoon. Think glacier treks, zip lining, whitewater rafting, wine tasting, falconry, historic tours, cooking classes, you name it. They've thought of everything to make sure that you have the time of your lives. Best of all, these adventures are all-inclusive. Yep, that means everything is covered. Hotels, in-destination transportation, meals, drinks, activities, and even some sweet swag. Vacation Races just released their full 2024 calendar and are offering a discount for Midpacker Pod listeners. Use code FREETRAIL200 and get $200 off any Global Adventures trip that's not already sold out. Not ready to commit to a full-on Global Adventure? Don't worry. Use code FREETRAIL15 and you can get 15% off any half marathon or ultra marathon that isn't sold out. It's the perfect way to dip your toes into the vacation races experience. I'm super excited about this partnership, and I hope you are too. Check out vacationraces.com for more information. Also, a big thanks to Free Trail. If you're not a Free Trail Pro member, you are missing out. I love the Free Trail community and have been a member from the beginning. We all love trail culture. High fives during single track flybys with strangers on your Saturday long run. That feeling of acceptance and community that you only get at a trail race. Most of you, I'd guess, to say keep coming back to trail races because the community around this amazing sport is second to none. With the Free Trail Pro subscription, you can have access to that community everywhere you go. You get access to the Free Trail Slack community, training plans, 
weekly office hours that feature special guests, and so much more. The other week, we had a Q&A with none other than David Roach. From training and gear questions to seeing and getting inspiration from, from the epic adventures and races that members are doing, the free trail community is the place to be. Start your free trial today at freetrail.com. After that, it's only $96 a year for a membership. If you were a fan of all the content that Free Trail is putting out, that's a small price to pay to support some of the best written, visual, and audio content in our sport. Hope to see you in the Free Trail Slack community. And when you introduce yourself, mention the Midpacker Pod. All right, Corinne Shalvoy, welcome to the Midpacker Pod. How you doing? Thanks, Troy. Doing well. How are you? No complaints. Uh, recovering from a 37 and a half epic vision quest of a hundred miler. So I'm surprised I could walk, but my body feels really good. Um, my mind on the other hand is I'm a little foggy, so the audience will have to bear with me. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, I love having you on the pod is you're an interesting, your interesting voices in the things that you're doing, not just for the community, but also, you know, you're, you're, you're crazy fast. Right. Um, but you weren't always crazy fast. And, you know, to start off, like, I'd love to know, I'd love to, for, for you to tell the audience, you know, who is Corinne, how'd you get into running and, and then ultimately what brought you to the trails? Okay. So I, I guess to answer that first question, who, who is Corinne? If you ask my husband, he, the other day was like, trying to help me out with like, cause I, I just recently left my job corporate America for 18 years. And in doing that, I'm kind of, you know, rediscovering myself. I just turned 40, what, whether it's midlife crisis or whatever is going on here, I am going through a period of kind of like looking at who I am. So that's a pretty timely question. But if you ask him, uh, I'm a five foot 10 Hispanic female from Uray, Colorado, a tiny mountain town. And he goes, there's not very many of those. So, <laughs> right. So I guess that's how he would describe me. Um, how would I describe myself? I'm uh, a mom of two boys, eight and 11 years old. Um, I am a community leader. I'm super passionate about not only running and trail running, but kind of just building community in general, whether professional life or the running community. Um, I am you know, probably if you want to label it a feminist, I, I am all about, you know, bringing forward female focused issues and um, advancing those, you know, kind of all about that equality and inclusion piece, um, something I, that is very important to me. And um, I am a dog mom and I'm a candy lover and uh, I like fashion and all kinds of things. We're complex. We're complex human beings, Troy. Yeah, 100%. It's not all about the running for sure. Um, well, yeah, that's great. And I will say, you know, to, <laughs> for, to your husband's description in general, Ure is not a big place. So there just aren't that many, uh, people that come from Ure in general. So, um, true. yeah, that's really it cool. Is true. Uh, well, what, what, what got you into running? I've heard this story before and I definitely want you to tell it on the pod, but you know, I think, um, it's an interesting genesis of where you started from. And then, you know, we'll get into later in the pod of like kind of where you are. So. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's, so I guess there's where, what got me into running in the very beginning. And then there's what got me into trail running, which are two different things. Um, yep. 
do you want to know both of those or just trail running or what would you like well, to hear well, tell, tell, yeah, but we're going to, I want to talk about both, but just, you know, briefly or, or not so briefly, you know, talk about the Atlanta marathon. So. Okay. Yeah. So this is, I guess, you know, post running in school. Um, I did run in school and obviously that was track and cross country and super short stuff. And then, um, so what, what got me into, I guess the longer distances or, or starting to think about those, uh, after college. Um, so I met my husband, uh, in so my senior year of of college I went to the University of Denver and um he had moved here after he graduated he was working here and always wanted to live in Denver um well we met and um the old cliche you know when you know you know like two months later um I actually moved in with him because uh my lease was up and I had graduated and didn't have anywhere to go and he said why don't you just move in with me? I said, all right. And then he said, Hey, I got a, I got a job offer for promotion in Atlanta, Georgia. You want to go with me? And we'd been together for, you know, three or four months and I'd never lived anywhere outside of Colorado other than studying abroad in college in Spain. And, um, I don't know, something just told me that was the right thing to do. And, and I called up my parents and said, I'm going to move to Atlanta with, uh, this guy I've been seeing for like three or four months and they were like, what the heck are you doing? And, um, we picked up and moved. Um, and about, I don't know, probably six months after we moved or about a year into our relationship, uh, he proposed and, um, we decided that we were going to get married back in Uray where I grew up. He loves the mountains. We wanted to get married in the church. My parents got married in. Um, but, at the time, he was actually a pretty heavy smoker, smoked like three quarters of a pack a day. Um, and I said, hey, I want to marry you, but I don't like that you smoke. <laughs> and so you're going to have to quit that. Um, and he said, well, all right, what what am I going to do instead? And I said, want to train for a marathon? And he said, I've never run more than six miles in my life. I don't know about that. And I said, well, we could do it together and I'll kind of coach you into it. And uh, it can just be something that is ours and that we experience. And so we we trained for it and uh, ran the Atlanta Marathon about a month after we got married in March of 20, 2007. That's awesome. Um, and... And I guess you're, you guys finished in what, four hours and 40 something minutes. Yeah. It was like four forty-five. It was very uh, slow. So. Our goal was 10 minute miles and everything hurt. We ran every step together. Uh, you know, I felt like my joints were screaming the last 10 miles and definitely the, the farthest I'd ever run in my life at the time. I mean, in, in school, you know, even in college, we'd go out for, two hour long runs on the weekends, but you know, they'd be in the mountains and you know, there was no, it was nothing like, like this. So this was a, a brand new thing. And yeah, well, <laughs> it's pretty, you know, it's pretty funny. There's, I have another funny story from that, but I'll, I'll save it maybe for another time. Uh, maybe, maybe for round two. Yeah. That's, maybe I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you as someone who I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes too. And I know that's, that can be really difficult. Um, but you know, kudos on you guys. And, and I also, I mean, I don't have a similar story of, um, like moving my wife and I, we've been together for almost 20 years and we literally met and we 
you know, it was kind of, we were off and on and on, off and on again for a little bit, but I think we both knew from the moment we met each other that there was definitely something special. And, um, you know, here we are 20 years later with, with, with our first kiddo. So, uh, I could definitely relate to, you know, jumping into the deep end and, and feeling that feeling that like, there's definitely something really special there and, you know, good on you to be young and to take a leap. And obviously I think it's, it's paid off for you. So, um, and, and, and I guess pivoting, like obviously, yeah, pivoting, uh, the road marathon, you know, you guys, (laughs) you guys ran your first road marathon together, but you know, what ultimately, um, you know, brought you back to the trails or yeah, obviously brought you back to the trails. Cause it sounds like even when you were in college running cross country, you were, you were spending a little bit of time on the trails then too. So. Yeah. A little bit of time on the trails then, but obviously nothing long distance and no longer even, you know, half marathon or, or longer distance racing on the trails at all. Um, so what kind of, um, I guess I say that kind of I got my husband into running because he was a hockey soccer player, skied in college before that, but had never really run for the competition piece. And so I kind of say I got him into running, but he kind of got me into trail running because he's always been, you know, had a love of the mountains from skiing. And, um, you know, when he when we met and he found out that I grew up in Uray, he was like, I want to go there as often as we possibly can. That's like my ideal adventure destination. So, um, uh, so we started actually, he, let's see, I think it was, uh, how many years after geez. I mean, we, we kind of casually continued running and then he's like, I think I want to try to run, you know, a trail race and see how I can do it as opposed to a road marathon. And, um, he started looking at the Imogene pass run which, um, I'm very familiar with my uncle started the race. Uh, it was, he started it as a training run for when he was competing in the Pikes Peak marathon back in the seventies. Um, and so for my, uh, for my husband to say, Hey, I want to run this race. I was like, I never want to run Imogene. Like it's way too much pressure. There's this family association with it. Like, I am not interested. It's all uphill. I hate running. I hate running hills. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to train for it and do it. And I'm like, okay, good for you. And then slowly, like, we go out on runs together because at this time we didn't have kids yet. And so, like, then I slowly start actually exploring a bit more and running a bit more in the mountains. And um, I watched him do it the first year. And uh, I don't know. I kind of was like, seems like it was pretty fun and he loved it and maybe I'll keep training and actually think about trying to do it myself. And so, um, yeah, I ended up running that race three times. I think I got the most out of myself that, that third time I ran it. And, um, and that is kind of what launched into trail and ultra for me. Yeah, that's really cool. And so your husband had no idea of your, your family history with the race. He just um, found he the race he and was did. like, I think I'm going to run this well, race. Okay. Well, yeah. he did, he did know, he didn't seek it out because of the the family connection. He was like, you know, we're in, I love you, Ray. I'm an awesome race. I'm like, yeah, like, okay, well, I started it and he's like, well, even better. That's great. Like, so, you know, it was, uh, it was duly, it, it just looked like an awesome thing to do in a place that he loved and 
there was this, you know, family connection to it. So Yeah, I know. Totally. And I mean, I would love to, so I'd love to talk about your uncle for just a little bit. And I imagine he's, he was a, a bit of an influence for you as far as running goes, but you know, kind of introduce um, Rick Tulio and and kind of talk to, you know, you mentioned he was running the Pikes Peak Marathon back in the 70s, but talk to some of his accolades. Obviously, he started, you know, the race that we were talking about. But, um, you know, who is mm-hmm. Rick and, and and how much did did he play a role in you in your exposure to trail running, you know, early on uh, as as you were a young girl growing up in your Sure. So I would say um, I, I definitely will want to talk about my uncle. He's amazing, highly accomplished. I, I think that honestly, you know, my my dad, his younger brother, two years younger than him, John Trujillo, actually had probably the original influence on me in, you know, the love of the mountains because we would go out every year and get a Christmas tree and hike and hunt it down and carry it home we, we did annual, you know, camping trips, multi-day camping trips up above Silverton, um, you know, when we were little kids. And so I think at the end of the day, like why I still love to run in the mountains is because that's what I did when I was a little kid and that was fun. And I used to run down the trails, you know, with my dad and with packs on and trying to follow him and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I think, um, you know, I owe a lot to, to my dad and in, um, helping me kind of develop that love for the mountains and the trails. I mean, he, when he was, you know, 16 or 17, didn't love his home life. He was one of 10 kids and he decided I'm going to go be out in the mountains as much as I possibly can. And that was his sanctuary. And, um, he and my uncle Rick are both geologists. Um, so obviously they have this tight connection to the earth and the, and the mountains and the, and they know all about the, formations and you know what is going on from a um, geologic perspective in all these places so that kind of adds to you know their intrigue and interest in it um so yeah so I think you know my dad was kind of my original influencer in that as I got a little bit older um and I remember when I was pretty young I actually attended a few of like the races that my uncle was at primarily hard rock so I started to learn as I got older you know who my uncle was, what he was doing. And, um, he was one of the pioneers. I mean, you know, running trail running and ultra running was not a popular thing at this time. He was, um, there's, there's a few articles about him, one in trail runner mag, one in iron far, um, just about kind of the history, but he, uh, ran collegiately for CU Boulder. Um, he had, I think some offers for scholarships to BYU and other places as well, but um, decided to go run in Boulder for the Boulder mountains. Um, Did really well, you know, tracking cross country in college. And then after that, um, he kind of just started wanting to do these longer things. Um, And he decided to go after the Pikes Peak Marathon um, as a, a goal. Um, and to train for that, he, you know, said, Hey, this, let's do the Imogene pass run, or let me do this route from Uray to Telluride over Imogene pass gets up to 13,000 feet. It's about 17 miles, you know, 10 miles of climbing, seven miles of descent. And, um, it'll be a great kind of mini, you know, Pikes Peak course. It's like, it's a little bit, it's shorter, 
but it's similar in terms of you all up and then all down and it's going to be a great training run and him and his friends did it. And then they said, Hey, let's start a race. Let's, let's turn it into a race. And so that's how that, um, was created. But he, he went on to, um, hold the Pikes Peak marathon record from 1973 to 79, I believe. Um, I think his time. So so no no slouch then, huh? (laughs) Not, uh, not a slouch. No, not a slouch for sure. And, and I mean, if you ask my uncle, he, he, he naturally, he's like, I just feel better when I run uphill. Like this is something I've I've actually never said. (laughs) I I did not get that gene, (laughs) but he always liked like climbing. He always liked, you know, running steep stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, so he, he went out and yes, it was a much smaller race, but I think his time, his fastest time at Pikes Peak um, is still, I believe, like in the top 10 of all time times. Wow. So it's like yeah. the course has changed very slightly, but from 1970s to 2023 to still have a time that's, you know, competitive on that course is, uh, well, is quite something. Yeah, that's saying, so. that's saying something considering, you know, the name, the, the, the laundry list of who's who that's actually uh, attempted that race and ran that race and done well at it. So. Absolutely. Especially, you know, the Europeans coming in, he was there a couple of years ago when Remy Benet won. And I think he handed him his award and said, congratulations, Remy. My time is still faster than yours. He's he's like 70, you know, five and he's like still super competitive. It's great. It's so uh, great. That is awesome. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so, so he was doing things like Pikes Marathon and I have a gene and then, um, and then as he got older, he started to get interested in some various things. Like, um, he and his friend, Ricky Denisek attempted the record on the 14ers. So all of the 50 at the time, it was 52 14ers in Colorado. Uh, they did hold that record for a short period of time. They did it in like 15 days. So he's like this OG, you know, fast packer FKT kind of attempt person. Um, it's since been broken for sure. But, um, but then you know, then he was actually a co-founder and um, one of the original members of the team that created the route that is Hard Rock 100. So um, he and John Kappas and Kirk Apt and, you know, a number of uh, individuals scouted the course and scouted the route and created the Hard Rock 100 uh, route. And then, um, when he was uh, 48 years old, 1996, um, he actually won the race that year. That time is not as competitive anymore. Um, it's gotten so fast now, but I think he ran in like 30 yeah, hours totally. and I don't, I don't know which direction it was, but so, um, so yeah, one, one hard rock late into very late into his career. Um, and just, very inspirational. I mean, if you, uh, <laughs> if you talk to him, the, the main fueling strategy for these, these ultras was, uh, you know, Mountain Dew and Oreos oftentimes. So we've come a long way in that, nice. uh, in, in that regard. Well, I, um, I, I, I don't know, Corinne, I, I lived on Coke and quesadillas for the last 25 miles of, of my last hundred. So it all comes back. I don't to know how much things have changed. Sugar, yeah, it does. sugar and caffeine. <laughs> oh so, well, yeah. That's. Yeah, I mean, so that's really awesome. So, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like you have a, a long history with that race, and I know you know. I, I know 
when you can. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's something that you make that pilgrimage every year, but I know you've done a lot of pacing on that course. I know that um, you spend a lot of time out there, um, either volunteering or you know cheering on runners uh, during Hard Rock, and it's just really cool. Um, you know, for me as someone who like got in, who got in and, and got bit by the bug, uh, ultra running bug, like, you know, at 30, um, mm-hmm. to like talk to someone who's kind of had it in, in their kind of in their blood, so to speak, you know, and like have a, like a, a nice history with the sport. It's just, it's just really cool. And, and it kind of gives me those, like all, all the feels to, to think about, mm-hmm. um, you know, what it was like in the seventies when, when these guys were putting together the route and really pioneering what has become like, I mean, it's one of the fastest growing sports in, in the world right now. So it's just interesting yeah. to see how far things have come. And, and yeah, I appreciate you kind of sharing some of that stuff. It's, it's really cool to have a, um, lack of a better word, badass uncle, like, uh, like Rick Trulio. So, yeah, it is, it is, it's a special thing. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely have, uh, talked to him more and more about it, you know, as I've gotten into the sport and, and just, you know, picked his brain for all kinds of lessons. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to kind of have, you know, that history with, with the sport. Uh, lastly, I want to give a shout out to Run Trail Life. Are you looking for the perfect tee to wear after your long run? Want to represent your love of the trails off the trails? Then check out Run Trail Life, the casual apparel company that lets you show off your love of trail and ultra running while giving back to ensure that everyone has access to the beauty of nature for generations to come. RTLTs are 100% organic cotton or made from recycled water bottles, and $1 from every purchase is donated to Runners for Public Lands, a not-for-profit whose mission is to advance the development of diverse, high-quality trails and greenways for the benefit of people and communities. I am super passionate about this company because I am the founder and solo entrepreneur behind it. So if you love the content, consider supporting me directly with a purchase. And if you use code MIDPACKERPOD, we will double the donation from your purchase to Runners for Public Lands. Visit runtraillife.com and live the run trail life. You're a pretty fast gal. Um, and it's, 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 uh, interesting, not interesting, but it's, it's nice to see kind of where you came from to kind of where you are. Um, you know, touch on, touch on besides, you know, you had some, you had an amazing run at CCC last year. Um, you had a really good, you know, you had a really good result. Um, at a marathon that, that you were using as kind of a, a building block early in the year. And then, you know, you went on and, and ran really, really well at, um, at black Canyon 30 K, uh, you know, kind of, I know you may not want to brag about yourself, but like kind of talk to you some of those things and, and how you felt. I mean, I think, you know, the performance at CCC, um, was really exceptional considering, um, the field that year. So yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've said this on another podcast and, and many times, but I, I do think this sport takes a really long time. Um, and I'm hopeful that, you know, even though I ran uh, as a, you know, younger and in high school and college that taking a break to have kids and get a career going and things like that, that, you know, I, I didn't really start focusing on it um, or competing, I wouldn't say, you know, 
until about 2017, 2018. Um, and so I'm hopeful, I say all that just to say that I'm hopeful that I'll continue to progress. I mean, that's the goal. Obviously, we can't turn back time and I'm like not getting any younger. But at the same time, you know, hopefully I have, I still have a good decade ahead of me of being able to compete and just continue to like, figure out what kind of distances are right for me. Um, and, you know, just figuring out the sport in general, because there's so much to figure out about it. Um, I think, you know, I started doing for the first few years of trail running, doing sub ultra distances and doing a lot of local stuff. And I, I think that was probably a good way to go about it because it did help, you know, kind of build some speed. And, you know, I was in shorter, I was in local stuff. So, you know, I could, I had some good results that, you know, were confidence boosters and kept you motivated and, uh, didn't beat up the body too much and all of those things. Um, and then I remember, you know, a while, a long time ago, I remember being like, Hey, you know, I don't really think I ever want to run a hundred miles. I don't really have any interest in that, even though that's the ultra distance. I just, I'm, I'm not interested in it. So, um, I never really thought I would. And then as my volume started to increase and I was training quite a bit, I, I kind of thought to myself, if I'm putting in this mileage and this time, um, you know, and the volume, why not try it and see what I think? And so I, so I ran a 50 K in what, 2019, I think it was 18, 19. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I finished it thinking, Hey, you know, that was actually pretty dang fun and kind of, kind of surprised about how much I enjoyed it. Um, and so then I started running 50 Ks for a couple of years and, uh, I feel like got better and better at that distance, got more familiar with, you know, what the body and mind does during that distance. Um, and might've been around that time that my husband and I started the Castle Rock Run Club. So we moved to Castle Rock, Colorado and we, started a group and really got integrated with a bunch of people that were super passionate about the sport. And that core group of friends of mine, we've all kind of built up in distance around the same time. And I went and crewed a, a good friend of mine, Todd, at the Leadville 100 um, in 20, I'd have to look, but I think 2020. And it changed what I thought about 100 milers. It was such an amazing experience. And and unlike any other race environment that I'd been at, that I said, I, I want to do that. Like, it made me want to do it, being part of his team and pacing him. And just seeing somebody's journey through an entire day and beyond, you know, or potentially beyond. That's what really made me think, hey, I, I want to try to do that one day. So that's how it kind of progressed over time of the distance. And then, you know, last year I decided I'm going to do some really competitive races. I ran Canyons hundred K um, and I wanted to run CCC and I had gotten in from the performance index standpoint. And so just decided like, why not? Let's go line up against really, you know, tough competition. And um, I think they're two of my, you know, worst results on paper, um, but probably two of my biggest accomplishments, top 10 at Canyons and then eighth American female and 25th at CCC. I was very happy with yeah. my time and my races at both of those. And, you know, you can always improve, but man, they were, it, they were great. They were awesome. I loved, 
I loved being in Chamonix. I loved being around that, being at that start line. I was smiling the whole day. Um, and so that was just kind of like, let's just step into, you know, the competition ring <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, I guess talk about it. Talk about the difference between, you know, racing in uh, Europe versus racing in America. I mean, you, you started off with, you know, you mentioned like I ran a lot of, you ran, excuse me, you ran a lot of, uh, local, more local races, uh, like a lot of the scene in Colorado, you know, if you're running those races, um, they, they're just quintessential Americana ultras, right? So it's like really chill vibe, small number of participants, very, very, everybody kind of knows everybody community driven events. Um, you mm -hmm. know, what was it like to, to show up to, to Chamonix and, and toe the line at CCC, um, in a field of, I'm not sure how many people ran that year, but I, I mean, usually it's, it's several, it's hundreds, if not a thousand runners are, are, are on yeah. that course. So. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because Colorado, it, it depends on the race, right? I remember going to the Cheyenne Mountain race sure. in Colorado Springs like five years ago. And who's standing at the starting line? Like Abby Levine and, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Sandy Nypaver and like three other. It's like you might get completely crushed because you never know who's going to show up. But I, I totally get your point of like, yes, this is a different thing. This is everybody from all around the world, the best of, of the best um, in this kind of distance. And um, I think that, you know, I, I really loved the atmosphere. I, I, I truly did. It helped that I knew, you know, Liz Canty and I both were running. So I kind of had a friend in the race um, and she'd been there once before. So I did get some insight from her about, you know, what it was going to be like and how fast it was going to go out and, you know, be careful not to trip and <laughs> you know things like that. Um, I, I think that I tried to just not get overwhelmed with the, from the competition standpoint and, and just have a mindset of like, I, I, my goal is just to run a complete race and take care of myself and, you know, just do what I can on the day. And I, I didn't necessarily have, you know, I had a goals and I had, um, you know, I would have loved to be top 10 overall at that race. Like that would have been incredible, but I also, was realistic in that like there's you know i'm 50 100 people here that are equally if not in better shape than you right or 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 more experienced and so um yeah so i think that i i, I think i had a mindset in of experiencing it like just just experience it like soak it in and you know i honestly when i got on those trails um felt a little bit more at home than I thought it would be. You know, Chamonix, we stayed outside of Chamonix in a town right near Le Huchet. And, you know, you've got Mont Blanc on one side, which is insane looking. But then like on the other side, there's this big mountain and it looked like you ray. And I was like, this feels kind of familial. Like it wasn't that I, I kind of had this thought in my head, like if I go to Chamonix, it's going to be so different. Everything's, everything's going to be so different and the trails are going to be so different. And maybe because, you know, the mountain towns in, in Colorado, like Vail are patterned after places like Chamonix, it didn't feel too foreign. Um, and so I think I kind of leaned into that too. Like, this is just like running in the mountains, like, you know, except I can't talk to anybody at the aid station. <laughs> <laughs> My, mine is the language sure barrier and, and, it, and i mean yeah 
Yeah, it's 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 actually interesting too because it just shows that like trails are trails are trails, right? And like if you're comfortable on the trails and like for many of us, trails are like our second home, right? We spend a lot of time out there. Um, you can, you know, you can find solace there and you can find familiar, familiarity in, um, Mm -hmm. in a foreign place. And that's, that's actually really cool. And I love that, you know, I love for you that you, that you mentioned, like, I just tried to stay within myself and bring the best I could bring on the day. And, you know, for you, that was good enough to run into 20th place, um, or into the top 20. And, you know, I think that's also a really important lesson. Um, you know, we all have goals. Um, sometimes you have to reevaluate them. Uh, but it's a, it's a big part, a big part of the running, a big part of running and ultra running and, and just running in general is definitely that mental aspect. And I think if you can show up and say, I'm just here to be the best person I can be today. And you kind of repeat that process day in and day out. It doesn't matter if you're talking about running or life. Um, you know, those are really, really good habits to have. And, you know, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do. And I, you know, it's not always, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to, of course. Um, um, There's good days and bad days for sure. But yeah, it's, uh, I think the, I think the adventuring and the, um, like, let's just, let's just let what's going to happen happen and, and be okay with it. um, Definitely helps. Yeah, I know for sure. So, you know, switching gears a little bit, um, you know, I, I I think I've said this on every episode so far, like this, this section is, this section of the pot is always kind of scratching my own itch as a new father. But, you know, you you mentioned you're a mother of two boys, I believe. Um, You know, obviously you and your husband both like to run. You both have, um, you both like to race. You obviously um, have to balance a lot, Uh, but, you know, talk to, you know, what is it, what are some actionable things that, that you and your partner, you and your husband are doing with balancing your needs of your training time and your trail time with just making sure that you're, you're present for your family and, and, and you're there for, um, for your two boys on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. I I mean, just kudos to all the parents who, you know, do this sport and run with kids. It's, it is a huge undertaking. Um, and I, I think a few things, you know, it just, it takes a lot of communication. If, if your partner doesn't run, then it takes somebody who's super supportive of, of, you know, your running. Um, I think sometimes it's easier that both my husband and I run because we know how much it means to each other. And we know that it is just, part of our daily life that we need to figure out. So, you know, I'll give you an example. We were going to go run together today. Um, and, uh, our, our eight year old actually is sick, um, and has been tossing his cookies all day. So instead of running together, we, uh, we had to run separately and we just talked about what our schedules looked like for the day and when we should go so that we could be home with him. Um, you know, thank God for working from home. That's a huge help. And, and remote work is, is hugely beneficial in juggling schedules. Um, but I think, you know, we just communicate about it and we try to also have races kind of be at different times so that usually there's one of us peaking, doing really long miles. The other one might be either recovering or not in a heavy, heavy training build. And so that helps from a, you know, 
I don't, one of us doesn't have to do a four hour long run on the weekend. And so, you know, they take a little bit more of the parenting duties. And so it's just, uh, it's just divide and conquer, um, which I think a lot of parenting yeah. is. And, and also just, you know, relying on, on friends and support system um, when you can, you know, my, my parents-in-law just moved here and they were like, we've never had my parents or, or his parents close um, before. And so this is kind of new, but they're like, if you guys want to go and you know run in the mountains some weekends, we'll just take the boys. And we're like, Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, that's the biggest gift you could ever give us. So um, it's hard. It's when nice when they, when they, I was going to say, it's nice when the in-laws offer and you don't have to ask. That's for sure. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, when, they're, when they're little, it's different. You know, we did a lot of stroller running when they were really little. We had a double Bob, um, not great for your form, but sometimes it's the only way you can get it done. And so I think also we've taken advantage of different phases of, you know, where our children are at that allow us to do different things. And obviously as they get older, you know, we want to attend all of their events and activities and stuff like that. So it's more like the scheduling piece, but they can also stay home now for a couple hours while we go run, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like to say Bob runs are like, in, it's like you're building cardiovascular fitness and strength training all at the same time. So oh, Absolutely. Um, Those things are no joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like for you, you know, obviously I think the communication piece resonates. Um, and I've heard that a lot, but it sounds like there's a lot of like long-term strategic planning that happens. Um, mm -hmm. especially if you're, you're both running, which I think is really important. I think we all need to do it as runners. If you're trying to fit in a handful of uh, solid events, you know, you kind of need to look at the whole year and figure out when things are going to be hard and difficult. And it, it just sounds like, that puzzle is a little bit more complicated when you have, um, you know, when you have a, a kid or two kids and, and you have another partner that runs or, you know, I find for yeah. myself, like I'm not always the best at it, but you know, come December, you know, I, the wife and I sit down and I'm like, okay, this is kind of the plan ish, you know, like mm -hmm. if I get into these races via lottery, these months are going to be really hard. If I don't, these are the races I'm going to run and just kind of laying that foundation and saying, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be like a, 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 a two, two month blocks in the year that are going to be really, really tough. And I just want you to know that now and kind of that way it's a lot easier to talk about it when it's happening. Cause it's really hard when yeah. it's happening to kind of manage and deal with yeah. it. So, yeah, it is. Yeah. Get, get that, get the buy-in, be on the same page about what the plan is um, ahead of time is yeah. definitely important. Well, you know, another, you know, another part of the whole work, uh, the whole life balance in general is, is the work aspect. And you said, you know, you're kind of on a, a sabbatical right now. Um, but you know, you also mentioned that, that you were worked a corporate job for, for 18 years prior to taking this little bit of time off and, and trying to figure out, you know, what the next journey is, is for Corinne. And I want to say kudos on you for doing it. Um, you know, it can be really difficult to take a step back from something, especially, when you know you're probably pretty decently, you know, you're pretty good at it. You've been doing it for a long time and you can kind of, can, if you wanted to, you could just continue to pull the levers and show up and, you know, just kind of get it done, um, on a regular basis. But, you know, when, if, and I know from as an entrepreneur and a founder, um, and now a podcast host, like I, and an, an ultra runner, like I've got, 
and a new dad, like I totally have the time for all these things, you know? And, um, <laughs> at the same time, um, when it, when it, when, when, you know, when you're juggling family life and work life and, and, and the running life, I like to talk about it as like a pyramid or a triangle, like a stool with three legs, you know? And basically mm -hmm. what happens is like one leg is always going to be longer than the other. And you kind of have to fold things back every, you know, and have seasons of your running. But, you know, when you were mm -hmm. balancing the family life with the work life, with the running life, I mean, uh, I want to say like, was it hard? <laughs> of course it was hard, but like, <laughs> what, 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 what were some of the things you feel, you feel like you did, you did well to make sure that you could balance all those things and show up for, you know, the people at work and your family. Um, and then, you know, the running is really about showing up for yourself. So, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that for a minute or two, but. Well, thanks for being an underachiever, Troy. You, you definitely have all the time for, for all of this. So way to, way to do it. But that's a classic, probably ultra runner trait of, of many people that are listening to this podcast. Um, I was talking totally. kind well, of you a hit side the, thing, re but, really, really, yeah. I was going to say really Go quickly, ahead. I have a very supportive partner. So you hit the nail on the head with mm -hmm. that. So um, yeah. I have someone that's willing yeah. that, that understood the type of crazy she was um, kind of getting involved with when we decided to make this our life together. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I actually, I pay someone at Cocodona, um, a friend of a friend and he, he was a surgeon. Um, and you know, I was like, there's so many medical, you know, medical professionals in ultra running. Like, why do you think that is? And he's like, I don't know, maybe cause we like doing hard things. Like maybe, I don't know. So, you know, I just, uh, it is interesting that, you know, the types of people that come into our sport and, and kind of where that motivation comes from. Um, I think as it relates to, you know, when you're doing so many different things, um, I guess I would say that, yeah, the running piece of it is for you. And, and that once I became a parent, definitely became more of like, okay, this is mom time. This is, I get to go out and do my run and that's my time. But I, I, I guess I would also say that for me, um, you know, it makes me a better mother to be able to, to get on run. Um, and I think that every parent needs, you know, those breaks or needs their own thing, um, that is, you know, separate from that home life to, you know, to, to just be able to be the best parent that they can be. I mean, I think, I just think at least for my husband and I, it was, it was very important for us to, you know, we decided when, but before we had kids, we decided, you know what, when we have kids, we're not going to stop doing all the things we love to do. We're just going to bring them along with us and we're just going to make it the family's lifestyle and it's going to be harder and it's going to take longer to get out the door and it's going to have, you're going to have so much more stuff, but we're, we're going to keep doing what we love doing because in, in, you know, the long run, that's going to help teach our kids, you know, also that sense of adventure and, and give that to them. And, you know, so I think, um, I think it just takes, it, it does take that for sure, that communication piece, but it, you know, you find, you find ways like the old saying, like, if it's important to you, you find time for it. Um, yeah. I know, for example, when my husband started his job, he's been at for the last six years now, he told his boss, guess what? I run every day and I'll probably be out for an hour to an hour and a half every single day. Is that okay with you? Sure. No problem. As long as you're getting your work done, I'm good. 
So just set the expectation, you know, um, I also would, you know, often run like during lunch, but I had a flexible, I'm in the, I was in the recruiting industry and I had, you know, somewhat of a control over my schedule. And so, you know, you build it in to your day. Um, and on those days when I couldn't get out either before or in the middle of the work day, you know, at three or four, I would find myself being, my productivity would just go super downhill because I, you know, I just was, I didn't have the energy. I didn't, I hadn't had the break. And so, you know, I think in the long run, it also made me a more productive worker. Um, and then I just think about the long-term health benefits of it. Right. Am I going to, am I going to remember when I'm 80, you know, that random day at work? Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't take that action, that extra meeting. Probably not, but (laughs) hopefully I'll be healthy and I'll, you know, have built this, you know, this, this fitness and this, um, kind of background in running that, um, you know, that I do reflect on and those experiences are, are what's truly important. And so I think that, you know, I think you can do it. And I think it also is helpful to have a coach who knows your lifestyle, who knows your, your stress load. Um, you know, and I, I worked with Megan Roach for six years and, you know, she's been amazing in that and so flexible. And so, I don't have to think about my training and, you know, she knows what my life has in it and, you know, builds my training around that. And so I think that's also important. Yeah. Well said. I mean, I think uh, it's tough because a types, a types like to grind. And I think, you know, I, I know it even from my own experience, not my own personal experience, but ex- experience of others in my organization where they're just not willing to make the time for themselves because they feel like they have to give it all to whatever project they're, they're currently working on. And I have to have the conversation. I've had the conversation <laughs> with these individuals quite, quite a bit to say, you know, if you don't give yourself the hour a day or the two hours a day that you need for you, like you're just going to be hurting our organization in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. and I love that pun by the way, but you know, it's the, it's the, <laughs> it's the consistency over time equals success. And that's true for running. And that's also true for anything, any endeavor that you're doing, you know, you're not hitting home runs every day. It's like cliche, but you're hitting singles and doubles every single day. And, and that that's what adds up to winning at the end, at the end of the day, if you're going to use like a sports analogy. And, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, especially I say if on my side from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, people feel like it's like a badge of honor to work 80, 90 hours a week and, and, and not mm-hmm. have any time for yourself. And I just think that's, I think that's selling yourself short, you know, cause I think, like you said, I think I'm a much more productive human when I can run at least an hour a day. And, and, and yeah. I, I kind of agree with you and, and you kind of make the time for it. I think, uh, I w- I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a flexible schedule and my team knows how important that is for me. So, um, but at the early on when we were building, um, you know, I would just get up really early and focus on me for three hours during the morning, in the morning, and then just work, 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 because I knew if I didn't get the run in, in the morning, it there's, there'd be maybe an opportunity that it wouldn't happen. And then, yeah, like you said, I'll work, I'll work in no troll, I'll work in no play makes troll Troy a dull boy. And I was definitely not a fun person <laughs> to be around come nine o'clock at night if I didn't have my run in. So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you touching on that because I think the A type is very prevalent in um, in ultra and just in in general in running and in life. You know, if you're a high achiever, mm-hmm. um, 
that A type personality can kind of, yeah, can kind of take over. So. Yeah, I think it helps to just, you know, it's almost like they play off of each other because it's that long, long term approach. Like, you know, I have a really, really long term approach to running and thinking, you know, this is trying to always remind myself it's not, you know, not one run. It's not one week. It's not one training block. It might not even be one season that's going to make me the best runner that I can be. And like, likewise, it's not, you know, it's not cramming, you know, a week of work and not getting any sleep that is going to make you the best professional, right? It's, it is the consistency, um, over the long, long term, and everyone has to figure out what, what's right for them to make them productive, um, and the best versions of themselves. But maybe as I got older too, and you know, again, the 40 year old thing that I just turned 40. So it's like, I just started thinking about how I wanted to spend my time more and what I was doing with my time. And, um, and I think it's important to, to, to reflect on that instead of just getting caught up in the hamster wheel and, and staying on it for the sake of it. Yeah. Well, well welcome to the master's division, Corinne. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm a male. I, 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 it's, it's tough for me in the master's division anyway, but I'm, I'm glad I'm a male over here and I don't have to, I don't have to compete with you when I tow the line. So in my age group, so, it's a whole new world. Um, and, and yeah. 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 It's going to be fun. It, it totally is. Well, yeah, that's a great segue into kind of your running goals for the year. Um, you know, what's on the calendar for you? What's, what's, what's next as far as racing and then what's kind of, is there an A goal for the year and what is it? Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, as you mentioned, I, I decided to go back to the road marathon and I ran Tucson in December of last year. Um, after CCC, like I didn't feel as bad or as beat up as I thought I would, um, which is great. Cause I, you know, I mean, I was expecting to take a lot of downtime, um, and I didn't have to take too much. So I was excited to get into like a fast kind of roadblock and, just go back to the marathon and see what I could do 15 years later. So like my bib literally said 15 years after the first. Um, so that was really fun. And it was an Air Viper race and I'm on the Air Viper team and, you know, they put on an awesome event. They actually took it over from Pam Reed. So um, it was super fun. Um, did really well there. Um, was excited about that. And then um, leading into Black Canyon this year, uh, the 60K, um, was having a little bit of a knee issue, uh, and I thought it was nothing. And then during the race, it kind of spoke up <laughs> for the whole second half of the race. Um, and after that, I ended up getting an MRI and, um, some imaging just cause I had a lot of swelling in my knee. Um, and so I have been kind of rehabbing that I'm, uh, ended up having to take a good, you know, four to six weeks of very little running, mostly cross training, um, but I've been building back for the last, you know, month or so now and, and getting back up to decent mileage and the knee is holding up. So I'm hopeful about that. Um, so this year, uh, you know, I would love to, uh, run a couple of races leading up to my A goal, which is run rabbit run, uh, hundred miler in September. Um, and those might look different depending on kind of how training and stuff's going, but I might be out at silver rush 50, um, might jump in some Aravipa local races here, Colorado Springs, um, you know, or Utah or Arizona area as well. So, um, the main goal is run, 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 uh, for my second hundred miler, just to have a go at that distance again. Nice. Well, I hear good things. Um, about that race in general. And, um, 
you know, I want to, you know, you mentioned the knee and you mentioned the knee issue and I would love to kind of unpack a little bit of that. Like, you know, I remember, um, you know, on the free trail, on the, on some of the free trail, um, on the injury channel, you were talking about, um, stem cell therapy and some other things. And I think, you know, you and I were kind of DMing, um, on the side and, and you mentioned, I think in that, you mentioned in another thread that you decided to just kind of like go another route. Um, and mm-hmm. I'd love for you to kind of just talk through, um, you know, what that recovery really looked like and, you know, if, as much as you're, as you're willing to discuss. Totally. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty open book. I mean, I'm putting like most of my training for run rabbit run, like on Instagram, like three or four times a week. So it's all going to be out there, um, <laughs> for anyone who cares to see. Cause I more than more because I really wanted to just like document my own, like, for myself looking back on the training leading into this. Um, but yeah, with, with the, with the knee issue, you know, man, it was tough because I've never had knee issues and I freaking love running downhill and running really hard downhill. And in the last, you know, year or two, I've been like, felt like I'm a little bit more tentative on in, on that in runs. And maybe it was this, you know, because this was lurking. Um, but it was not, it was not fun to, um, hear, like I decided to get an MRI and I really pushed for that because the knee is an area that's kind of difficult to assess without having imaging. So I got imaging and what I found out from that. And again, it is awesome to have somebody like Megan as a coach, who's a doctor and can look at these things and give a very, very educated opinion on them. Um, so she actually talked to the, uh, the, the surgeon that I ended up talking to, but I have a little bit of cartilage damage under my kneecap, um, bilateral cartilage Mm. defect is what they call it. And I have a really tiny little hole in my, in my cartilage. So, um, you know, what I've learned about that is that it's not basically, it's not arthritic, but it's like, if I have, if you have tread on the tire on one side, that tread is wearing down. Um, and they think it's caused due to a tendon of mine laying a different way than it does on most people anatomically. So you can't really fix that unless you have a major surgery and have your tendon realigned to where it's supposed to go. Um, but they did want to do, you know, an arthroscopy scope it. Uh, they, they wanted to do cartilage transplant, And I guess, um, you know, after talking to a lot of different people and getting a lot of different opinions on it, I thought to myself, like, let's try some other things before I try surgery. Because one, I don't want to stop running. Of course, nobody does. I don't want to take a super extended amount of time off. And then when I took two or three weeks, like completely off, all the inflammation went down and I started cross training, um, and focusing on PT and strength work in, you know, all of those surrounding muscles, glutes, hamstrings, uh, hips. Um, and that actually seemed to like keep things from going awry again. And so then I slowly built back into just running easy uh, to see how the knee would handle that. And I was able to kind of run easy without pain and without any new inflammation. Um, And I have a really good friend who's a a nurse practitioner and he's like, you know, if we all got images on our knees, it'd probably be pretty interesting to see what we would find. And so I guess like 
who knows if I have this on both of my knees? Who knows if I've had this for years and there was more of an acute thing that caused the, the inflammation. Um, so all that to say that, like, I've decided to just go with really focusing on strength training, um, you know, regular PT and, um, also trying to like increase my cadence and change my, my gait a little bit and my biomechanics a little bit. Um, and so far I really haven't had any kind of flare ups. If I, if something happens, like, I think I have a couple of lines of, uh, defense before going back into the surgery routes, things like, you know, maybe joint use injection, you know, potentially PRP or something like that, that would be a less invasive approach. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm, I mean, I'm really grateful to be running pain-free right now. And I, you know, I hope it continues, but if it doesn't, then I'll figure it out from there. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, in going back to the strength training aspect, is that something that you had done regularly in your running career or is it kind no, of a I've, new thing no. to have it be very consistent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been well, horrible well, at it. Well, I mean, welcome to 40 Karen. <laughs> <laughs> This is what everyone tells me. And it's like, oh my God, it's so true. But, but it is like, that's the silver lining is like, when something like this happens, you figure out what you need to do to be able to continue doing what you love, which is running. And sometimes that's what's necessary to get you to do it. I mean, that is what kicks you in the butt to freaking do it. Like, you know, and if it does, then that's, that's, you know, that's okay. Yeah. No, I, I will say, I hate when I say yes and no at the same time, but I did anyway. Uh, I've done a lot of strength training this block and I will say I am the least sore I've ever been post any ultra distance. Um, and I'm nice. like four days, four days removed from a hundred miler. And I was walking around the next day and I know I didn't run a lot. I know there was a lot of hiking involved in this, in that, in that, uh, in the race that I ran, but, uh, I did a lot of strength training, like very consistent, two, three days a week, um, you know, didn't really miss a lot of strength sessions. And I feel like it definitely paid off in just, you know, just having a lot of resilience in the body. Um, so yeah, yeah I would, I would, awesome. nice. if, Keep it up. yeah, my advice to you is du- yeah, double, double down on the PT and the strength training and, and, and see where that gets you. Cause I feel like, I feel like that's, it, it can go a long way. And I know from my own experience with PTs, you know, they love, they love when the ultra runners come in cause we'll do all the things that they say to do. And I think a lot yeah. of my feed, a lot of the feedback I get from physical therapists is they're just like, most people aren't willing to do the work consistently Absolutely. to get better. Yeah. Cause they think they're like, Oh, this little exercise is not going to help me. And they just don't realize how a little bit of load can really go a long way when you're trying to fix imbalances. And then, you know, once you could get to a point where you're lifting somewhat heavy, um, you create a lot of resilience in the mus- muscular skeletal system and, you know, all of that can go a long way, especially for someone like yourself. And even myself, I wasn't, you know, I think I was like in, I turned up 42 now, but I was like 40 when I got into, you know, pretty consistent with the strength training. And I just think it's kind of yeah. one of those roads we all kind of have to go down if we're going to try to continue to run, you know, well into our fifties and sixties. So. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, it's also just for the aging individual, not old, not even the athlete, right? It's going to, yep. it's going to help us with maintaining. So I'm trying to definitely up that, up the protein intake and, you know, do all the things. Yeah. 
Yeah, you just said it. This, this, um, my 40s are all about eating three times the protein I ate in my 20s and doing twice the strength training, you know, two or three times the strength training I've ever done in my life. So it's, I feel like it's working. Yeah. So, yeah, um, totally. Yeah, that that's well, no, that's awesome. And like I said, everything is like leading up to to running, run, rabbit, run. Um, I'm excited for you. That is a true um, mountainous hundred, kind of kind of in your hometown. You know, I mean, it's close. It's in Colorado, in your home state, at least. So, um, yeah. excited to see how excited to see how that goes for you. Thank you. I'm excited about it as well. And you know, it'll be a success if if I get to the start line healthy, and then it'll as they say, be a, be a celebration on the day. So, um, yeah, yeah looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, we can pivot into, into some of the stuff you do for the community. You know, you mentioned, you know, starting the, uh, starting a run group, but you know, from, uh, from the free, from a, from a free trail aspect, um, you know, you've been very pivotal in, being a voice for the female runner, um, as well as, you know, some other things that you're doing, um, with the free trail community in general. And I'd love for you to kind of, kind of talk on that. I mean, you, you kind of, I think you, I'm not sure who coined it, but I know you lead the, the free trail femmes, which is, mm-hmm. um, a, a female specific group within the group. Um, I know you, you mm-hmm. lead the office hours that they do. So you guys do a weekly call, but would love for you to kind of talk to, to that group and some of the work that, that you're doing, you know, with empowering, you know, like you said, you're a self-proclaimed feminist and good on you for it. Um, I love <laughs> anytime, um, members of the community are willing to empower, um, to be honest, other people besides middle-aged white men like myself to toe the line. So, um, you know, I'd love to hear more about the, the things that you're doing, um, with the free trail fans. Yeah. 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 Um, so thank you. I, I mean, I think, you know, I'm appreciative of free trail because they, you know, kind of gave me the opportunity to do this and I, and it was really, um, you know, the original idea, I think, I started joining office hours and, um, you know, uh, speaking of a bit on office hours and as the community's grown, right. Sometimes office hours is huge. And so, um, you know, I think it was Katie Asmuth who said, Hey, you know, let's start a, a, a female only group and let's, you know, maybe if it makes sense, we can do calls just with that group, which is outstanding. And we were on office hours one day and Debo said, anybody here want to lead that? And I was like, yep. Totally. You know, I'd love to lead it. So, um, that is kind of how it started. Um, female identifying, I would say that, you know, we're definitely also open to anybody who has an interest in, you know, female specific issues within ultra running and trail running, because that's what we talk a lot about, you know, physical, mental, emotional, all kinds of different things that if you have an interest in that, you know, you're welcome to join the, the group. Um, it is super totally inclusive. Um, but we focus on things like, right. Things that might just be unique to the female runner. Um, whether it's pelvic floor stuff, whether it's, you know, getting your period during a run, whether it's, or during a race, whether it's like, you know, gear and sports bras and aid stations and, you know, running by yourself and feeling safe when running and, you know, some things that, that are, you know, somewhat unique to, uh, female runners, you know, that said, we've also had calls about things that are really universal. You know, I wanted to know every one of these women's whys for running, because that's so interesting to me, like why people do such a hard sport 
and what what keeps them doing it and what keeps them motivated to train. And so we've had calls about that. Um, you know, we've had calls about just goals, what the goals we have for ourselves within running and, and um, you know, what we want to get out of it. So I'd say that the, the topics vary a lot, but we've also had some really cool guest speakers on there um, or guests. Um, Sophie Powers of She Races came on and talked to us a lot about the work she does. Um, which is amazing. And uh, we have a super special guest coming the 26th. So I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but, uh, and everyone should, should join that. Cause I'm like so pumped to this. I'm not going to spoil it. Oh. Just a major teaser, but like, so anyways, um, it's, I love it. It, it, I think just like any community, like it becomes what it's going to become based on the people that that are there. And so they, they really make totally. it. And we do have a amazingly, you know, I, I, I would love there to be more diversity on the call, but that said, we also have a lot of diversity. We have a, you know, a, um, a vision impaired athlete. We've got, um, uh, you know, a number of individuals from outside of the U S um, and at various ages and stages within their trail running journeys. So, um, I love leading it. It's awesome. I, I would encourage everyone to, uh, you know, to check it out. We've got a channel on the Slack and then yeah, every two weeks we meet. So every other Friday at like 11 Pacific time, 11 AM Pacific time. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and the one thing I really like about just the evolution of the community, you know, is I remember being on kind of some of the original office hours, uh, and just kind of where, where we as a community are kind of pushing and driving um, the topics and the guests and the things that are happening there. And then the, just the fact that we've been able to kind of branch out and provide safe places and friendly places for the community to, to kind of get together. And, And like you said, it's, it's nice to have a space that's specific for, women, women's issues and people that want to know more about that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. That it's not just, you know, female and female identifying. It's like, you know, if, if you're a father with a daughter, but you're a trail runner and she's not a trail runner, like these are great. This is a great place for you to go, you know, learn about what it's like to actually be, you know, a female on the trail and help address some of those issues for that individual. Or if you're just someone that's like super curious because, you had no idea how difficult it can be for, um, for females and female identifying individuals, um, to feel safe mm-hmm. out there on the trail. So I, I love it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's you, awesome that we have so many different communities within, within free trail. And, you know, I've worked in my professional career, I've worked in like culture and DE and I as well. And, and it's, it's similar to like creating these resource groups and, and these various communities and, you know, there might, it might not be for you, but another one might be. And so I think our, I think our goal as free trail is just to kind of create those spaces, as you mentioned, so that, um, whoever has an interest in, we have a parent's channel, we have a, right. We've got a, um, master's channel, you know, these are kind of like areas that the people can go. There's a BIPOC and allies channel that you can, uh, kind of just be with some like-minded folks. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, I guess I didn't realize this, but, um, you've been doing a lot of work with the rest day podcast as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rest day is super fun. So we were, uh, geez, I don't know. It was a few number of weeks ago now that 
Katie or Ellie asked me to jump on on one of the calls. And um, so, yeah, for the last number of them, all three of us or or two of the three of us, depending on schedules, have been on. And that's that's super fun to do as well. So love it. Yeah. And just great to just talk to them. (laughs) Yeah, no, talk to like what the rest day podcast is then. Okay, so rest day, I think it's available to Free Trail Pro members. Um, and it's every Monday we record yep. in the evening. Usually it comes out on Tuesdays. Um, I think we're gonna start doing every other week just to keep it fresh and keep, you know, good topics going. Um, but we do do some recap of kind of like what's going on in the sport, some big results or some races that happened recently. A lot of times, like one of us will have been at the event um, or you know, or have, uh, you know, friends or, or no, uh, athletes that were there. We kind of can get a little bit of an inside scoop on what exactly happened. And, um, and so we, we give the perspective and, and talk a little bit about results. And then we also, you know, love to highlight what's going on within the free trail racing community and who has raced what, and, you know, give shout outs to just, uh, participants within free trail and all of the, um, you know, awesome things that they're doing. So, and then sometimes we do personal updates. Sometimes we talk about nutrition. Sometimes we talk about, you know, something that somebody asked us about. So like, it's not super, super formulaic. Um, but we just, we just chat about what's going on in our lives and then what's happening in trail running and the free trail community. Yeah, that's really cool. It's nice to have that, um, you know, kind of insight. It's like, it's just for free trail pro members. And it's kind of another one of those added community value situations as, that have been set up. Um, and it kind of really happened or, organically. I think I remember when uh, Dylan and Katie kind of sat down and recorded the first one. And then from there, um, you know, yourself and Ella, Ellie have been kind of brought on and it's just kind of really cool to see, um, you know, kind of the evolution of it. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, a couple other questions. Yeah, a couple, a couple other questions I have and, and we'll kind of round out sure. and I, I definitely appreciate sure. um, you spending so much time with us today. But uh, um, staying on the free trail topic, um, what's your what's your favorite channel on free trail on the free trail slack? So I think my favorite channel, and I would like to be on it more, it's slightly, and I get very ADD because you could like be on it all day, every day. There's so much yes. on there. Um, yes, you, know, you could. Like, so I, of course, I love the FEMS channel and, and, and that's um, one that, you know, is, uh, is very, I, I just, you know, I just love everything on that one. But I say if another one, I, I think probably is just the racing because sometimes I like find out about race results before you know, I'll be like following a race and then somebody will post that somebody went, I'll be like, how did they just, they like people are on it with what's going on in the racing um, arena. And I just love kind of like in that channel, you know, there's this spirit of celebration and just encouragement and support. And so um, I think that's one that I definitely pop into a lot. I'd like to do a lot more of the, you know, I love the articles channel too, but I can't read all of them, but I, I love that one because it's so informational. Um, so yeah, those are a couple that I would say for sure, check out. And then, you know, I try to pop into the parents and masters and just, you know, commiserate with, <laughs> with my people. I, I, 
I know I need to join the parents on them. I didn't realize we have a master's channel, so I'm definitely going to be joining the master's channal. That's for sure. Um, yeah. 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 And I love the, I love the racing channel too. Cause like you just find out about these cool events. You had no, I mean, you could, you could comb ultra sign up for, for years and not find some of these events that, that the community are running and, and being a part of. And, uh, like you said, yeah. I think it's really awesome to get to see, um, the amount of celebration that happens and the, the amount of stoke that, that everyone's giving to everybody. And it really is, um, a really cool part of the community. That's for sure. Um, so yeah. there's so many, we have ones. custom there's, emojis there's on, so many. On, yeah, no, totally. Um, so we have custom emojis on the free trail Slack and I got to ask what's your favorite, um, custom emoji on, on, on free trail to, to throw up uh, in the comments, I, in the comment section. I, I probably don't know all of them that exist. Um, I mean, uh, I really like the face, the faces, right. You know, when there's Dylan's and Ryan's and all goods and those are hilarious. Cause they're just like the faces without a background and those, they crack me up. Um, but I guess maybe the free trail so logo because the, the logo is just kind of like, love it. It's just a beacon. It's just, yeah. My, it says, you know, yeah, my, my fit. Yeah, my favorite thing to do is you you put up the free trail logo and then you put fam behind it and it's just like free trail fam. It's like easy. You don't free have to type fam, it out. Yeah. It looks really it looks really good. So um <laughs> I love to no, show really cool. Yeah. So yeah, well, in this day and age, it's like sometimes I have to ask my wife, like, what does this acronym stand for? You know, or like I have to look yeah, it up. Right. I'm like not hip. I'm not I'm not hip on how all the kids are, are talking um in 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 ac in acronymic vernacular these days. So yeah, seriously. Um, seriously. So I just got a couple uh quick rapid fire questions for you and um okay. and then uh yeah, we, we can sign off. So um cool. so first question is uh, well, born, born, born to run or ultra marathon, man. Oh, born, born to run. Yeah, me too. Um, born to run. So as cliche as it is, I did read it. It definitely was an influence. It's a great book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I asked that question only because it's like, usually it's one of those two resources that was an intent was, was like, part of building someone's journey into the trails. So, or mm -hmm. at least finding ultra marathon running. So, um, and then uh, favorite distance to run. Right now I'm going to say hundred K. It's a good distance. Uh, and then favorite post run food post, sorry, post race food, post race meal, post race meal. Yeah. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be a meal, but like what, 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 what's the one food that you feel like you crave after uh, finishing a race? Well, I don't, I mean, like I'm super big on recovery and I, you know, again, getting into older and all of that, I like, I'm really, really trying to be diligent about like protein right after eating or right after running, um, you know, and a good, a good, like a good tailwind rec recovery or, or something like that. But I would say, so I'll, I'll usually have some kind of drink, um, that has a lot of protein. I mean, good old chocolate milk's great too. Um, but then meal wise, I, I mean, probably 
probably burgers. Like I'm a meat eater. I a burger and sweet potato fries, like always sounds pretty good. Something, okay. something good choice. substantial yeah. and uh and greasy. <laughs> yeah. Or Mexican. Yeah, like no, I, I will never turn down Mexican food. Okay. Okay. Good taco. Good good El Pastor for you is uh is not a bad thing then. Um, oh man! Well, yeah, yeah Corinne, you know, is to make the best tamales ever, like homemade tamales that just uh, would blow your mind, and, and homemade flour tortillas with just lots of butter. Oh, delicious! So I, I remember my first experience with tamales and like just unwrapping the husk, the corn husk, and being like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, this is this is really cool." Like, no, it's like it's so good, but there's a nothing like an experience with food and tamales have yeah. an ex- if, if they're still wrapped in the corn husk, there's like an, un- it's like, it's like unboxing a product. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. it's like when you opened your first iPhone, like tamales are like opening. Yeah. That's a really bad <laughs> analogy, but there's like, there's just Christmas something present. about the, it's a present. The, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and it's kind of cool too. Cause like not to devolve on tamales, but it's something that is really big in the Hispanic culture around Christmas. So it's kind of, it's a, there's an interesting play there. I feel like where you're kind of opening up the gift and, oh man so good oh, yeah. corn and corn corn with some sort of filling like can't i don't know you can't really beat that so um well Agreed. corinne is there anything else you wanted to talk to is there anything else you wanted to talk to the audience about um before before we let you go i don't think so i'd just say you know just like keep it up everybody out there training hard going through injury wherever you're at in your journey like you know, stick with it. It's a long, long road and a long path and, but, but trusted. And, um, there's always great things to come. And I hope, you know, hope to see many of you on the trails or at a race very soon. Awesome. And and where can we, where can we find you, Corinne? Uh, social, social um, on, media, that kind of thing. On Insta- yeah. I'm mainly on Instagram. So Corinne underscore shall voyage, like V O Y my last name, shall and then A G E. Um, yeah, that's where I'm primarily at. Um, feel free to connect with me on Strava, LinkedIn, if you want. Um, those are kind of like my main spots. Cool. Well, yeah, Corinne, it's been a pleasure having you on the Midpacker pod and, uh, good luck this year at run rabbit run. Thanks Troy. Great talking with you. Thanks for tuning in. What'd you think of the show? Follow us on IG at the Midpacker Pod and leave us a comment on our post for this show or drop me a DM. If you appreciate this content, please think about giving us a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening on. It really does help out. And if you are interested in supporting any of our sponsors, you can find links and codes in the show notes. See you next time, friends, on the Midpacker Podcast.